Hello. Welcome to Critical Mass. I'm your host, Jerome Carr. And the subject of tonight's discussion, or today's, depending on what side of the world you're on, is the coronavirus. The title of this episode is Coronavirus 2020, Facts, Fallacies, and the Future. One of the most important things that we have to learn about survival is that those who survive don't try. And the situation that is confronting the world today is unprecedented. But there are some uh, similar situations that one can look at to better understand why we're seeing what we're seeing. And as I stated in my, in my the former episodes, if you had the chance to listen to the former episodes, if you made it this far, it'd be good for you, yay. Uh, but in my former episodes, I've pointed out that you know, knowledge is power, and knowledge of this situation is what will help us to overcome it and to to be uh, successful in surviving what is known as one of the world's worst global pandemics. Why do I say that? I say that because there's no known pandemic that I am aware of that has caused such fear, immediate, visceral panic, and straight out uh, craziness amongst the general public. And the mainstream media really should take responsibility for this. Because it's the, the mainstream media that is actually fanning the flames, feeding the fire that has caused such disruption in our lives. No, I am not blaming them for the disease. I'm not blaming them for some kind of conspiracy. I'm only pointing out that when you turn on the TV, every single news station for the last week has been filled with nothing but the discussion. You would think that the, the war in Iraq is over, um, AIDS has been cured, breast disease is no longer an issue. The, you know, you would think that all the issues that we were all worried about just went away. To the point where everybody now is suddenly focused on surviving. When that's ridiculous. There is no boogeyman. Go open your front door and look. There's no monster out there waiting to devour you. There's no boogeyman in the closet. Turn the light on. Look in the closet. There's no boogeyman in there. Likewise, if you look at the facts around this, this quote-unquote pandemic, you'll find that the reaction is not justified. It's an overreaction. Now, according to the media, over $4 trillion was lost within days due to this situation. But it's unfair and inappropriate to say the money was lost. It's more appropriate to say that it changed hands. It was a transfer of wealth. You see, once money's created, it doesn't disappear. 
it doesn't go anywhere. Especially if that money is backed up by real, true, hard capital. True commodities. And a great deal of the money in our system is uh, not backed up by actual gold or silver. A great deal of it is simply um, digits in the computer. All right. So this transfer of wealth, if one man loses, then that means the other man what? Wins. Because only humans trade in dollars. So money doesn't just disappear, it went somewhere. So if someone lost, that means another person won. And what we're seeing today is so vast and complicated and far-reaching that the consequences will are probably not even imaginable and are somewhat unpredictable. But on this, in this particular episode, I just want to speak on what has happened so far. What has been the social, political, economic impact so far? How is this affecting us as individuals so far? All right. Well, so far, nobody I know has contracted it, nor is suffering from it, nor um, I don't know anybody <laughs> personally. Okay, that doesn't mean I won't know anybody. Um, so far, I failed to see, you know, people are filling up hospitals for pay because they're panicking, not because they actually have this disease. People are also filling up hospitals because it's still flu season and colds are going around, but not because of the coronavirus. In fact, if you go to your hospital, you'll find out that they don't even test for it. As far as I know, and I heard that right out of a doctor's mouth. And if you go do your research, you'll find out that the hospitals are not even testing for it. The only thing they're doing is checking and being aware. Now, that's, that's, that's nowadays, in these few days. They're, you know, because it's on every single news station. And because of the, the, the shutdown of our, <clears throat> of companies and organizations, you know, if you haven't been paying attention, Look, let me just make, bring, remind you of some of what has happened over the last few days. You've had um, airlines that have completely canceled um, their flights, and some have even been grounded. You have uh, the NBA that's not playing. The, the, there's other organized leagues, the Women's Basketball League. The NBA canceled its whole, its whole season. Do you know how many basketball games NBA, uh, NBA teams play in a season? It's something like 130 or 140 games. So the whole season, that means hundreds of games have been canceled. So far. So far, there are not uh, lines and lines of infected people seeking help. There are lines and lines of affected Okay, affected, affected by what? Affected by what they're seeing on TV, what they're seeing in the media, and by the reaction of their fellow citizens around them. That so far has been the greatest specter, of the greatest uh, threat to to our our way of life and our and our lives in general. 
so far, we've seen the destabilization of regions and governments throughout the world. Not because they're not because so many people are dying, but for fear of the potential. Fear, in fact, is the greatest enemy and the greatest threat to the average individual right now. Right now is not the time to be afraid. It is the time to be informed. And if you're listening to this, be proud of yourself. Because I'm not that interesting. But I am informative. And I do... That was a joke. <laughs> I am informative, though. And I do point out the, the, the things that I say what can't be said by CNN or Fox News... You know, people like myself, people with podcasts, we're free to speak the truth as we see it. They have muzzles on them. They have editors and lawyers that they have to go through before that, 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 that filter out the truth. And you get some kind of, some vanilla, uh, uh, a dissected version of the truth. But people who do the same amount of research with the same resources because these these reporters that are talking they didn't travel to China they didn't travel to Europe they're just getting information off the same sources that we get our information from in fact the main source of their information is the America is the US government itself and don't we know from history that governments cannot be trusted to truly inform their people they're not there to inform the people. They're there to govern the people, i.e. control them. And it's interesting that the places where this is the most affected are in places where the governments are extremely, have, have very strong central authorities and operate almost like police states. So this is seen to me, and in some ways, in many ways, as an opportunity for governments to grab more power, to take back power from the people, to step on the rights of the people, particularly in our country. There has been, there, under no other, what, under what other occasion could the government get people to voluntarily not go to work? To get people to voluntarily keep, keep their kids out of school. To, keep, to get uh, businesses that run on money to voluntarily shut down. Under what other guise could they do this? Other than some kind of global, uh, the global nuclear war, or invasion, or uh, a zombie, a zombie, <laughs> a zombie attack. Um, aliens landing on the White House, you know, lawn. I mean, you know, so so of all the things that could cause what you're seeing today, it's only a disease that uh, can actually destabilize a society, an entire society, and transfer political power and authority. From the people to its government or to some foreign authority. 
And there is actually a, uh, a precedent to this situation that we're seeing today. And that would be the invasion of the New World by the European colonists. The European colonists brought with them disease and in some cases intentionally spread it to the natives, knowing that it would cause huge plague. And it's believed by, by many historians today that a majority of the Native Americans that died, at least 90% of them died from, from disease, smallpox, malaria, yellow fever, the list goes on. Uh, malaria was a disease unknown in, in the South America, Central America. It came from Africa. Um, smallpox as well. This is a disease that was unknown over here in the Americas. Uh, even the plague, the Black Plague originated in Europe, but it was carried into the New World. And so 90% of the Native American population died. And the other uh, 8% was massacred and the last remaining 2% was colonized. So an entire continent, two, two continents and, and an isthmus connecting the two were depopulated through nothing more than the spread of infectious diseases. So, yes, there is a, a, a there are um, examples in, in history, even in America, particularly in American history of the impact that disease has, the spread of disease, and the transfer of power over a territory or region from one group of people to another. Okay, so now apply this to modern times. In modern times, you have the, the authorities complaining about overpopulation and um, the migration of, of people thousands of people from one region to another region and how that itself will destabilize you know uh, governments and central authorities okay and this is true but it's also true that the theory behind using biohazards is a well-known tactic of warfare that started hundreds of years ago and continues through to today. So there is no reason to think or believe that it's a coincidence that this disease just came about right at the time of the U.S. presidential elections. They say that the government of the United States, uh, the seat of government of the United States is the most powerful government on earth. And here it is being destabilized by something that can't even be seen with the naked eye by something that not even 1% of Americans have. You're seeing this today. This is a fact. And that destabilization creates an, it's a cause and effect situation. So the effect of the presence of this disease, not in our actual bio, biological bodies, but in our minds, in our heads, it, on our TVs, in our computers, on the internet, in our social media, the presence of this has had such an impact 
that we've allowed the government to declare a national emergency, maybe even we required it of, of him, demanded of him, and thereby, under a state of national emergency, democratic elections can be suspended, transfer of power can be suspended, um, the rights of individuals under the Constitution and the Bill of Rights can be suspended. So we need to think, we need to really look at the situation in a way according to its merits. Because tomorrow may not be the democratic country that you thought you lived in. It will be a very different place tomorrow. But one thing we want to know for sure, to, to remain the same, is a system of government established by our forefathers and the founders of our country. The system of freedom under the Bill of Rights. The system of civil rights endorsed and, and uh, uh, brought about by those who, 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 who sacrificed and fought uh, during the Jim Crow era, during the, 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 the time of integration, during the 60s. The, these freedoms were fought for and they were hard won. How it ended by a government run by Donald Trump who has no whim, no qualms about stepping on the rights of people and about using his authority to enrich and empower not only himself but his constituents and his uh, partners so to speak this is the impact so far mass migrations right now we're seeing the exodus of people in Syria from different regions for the spread of disease but it's not actually the the COVID-19 disease it's other diseases um, diseases that they're catching from drinking water that's polluted uh, disease like 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 um, the uh, the disease which infects the intestines and and we call it Montezuma's Revenge in Mexico. Um, cholera, like cholera, for example. Cholera is, is, is a disease that's spread all throughout different countries. No one's afraid of cholera coming into the United States. Why? Because we have clean drinking water, so to, so to speak. So why would you be afraid of a disease less than cholera, less lethal than cholera? There's no drinking water in, in the store. I mean, what sense does this make? People are panicking. People are misinformed and aren't even thinking straight. Spending all their money on stocking up their cabinets. And they may regret it tomorrow when their cabinets are full, but the bill collectors come about wanting to still want their money. You know, are, is the government going to suspend that? Is the government going to suspend our, 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 the demand for us to have to pay rent 
in the houses that they're telling us to to incubate ourselves in and to to um, separate ourselves or isolate ourselves in. Either if you're not sick, isolate yourself so you won't get sick, or if you are sick, isolate yourself so you won't infect others. Well, those houses have to be paid for. And if you're poor, you probably live in a house with multi-people, with a lot of people. So it's going to have the opposite effect, spreading it within the household itself. Let alone to even think that it's logical that people will stay in their house for days and weeks. Short of a zombie apocalypse, I doubt that. The impact so far has been global. Within the last week or so, um, it's even short. Good. I would even go so far as to say two weeks ago, and this is the 14th of March, 2020. Two weeks ago, nobody knew what the coronavirus was. Two weeks far fast forward in the future, you have a global panic over this epidemic pretty much fanned by the fuel created by the mass media because mass media is not telling people don't panic uh, and even if they say it, say don't panic the way that they're acting is either nonchalant blase oh you should stay in your house giving, giving all these devices that, that probably won't even work in the end without really thoroughly describing you know what this thing is and, and even looking at themselves and questioning their own tactics on how they're reporting on this story there's a lot to be desired the it actually it was the World Health Organization, WHO, that, um, or WHO, which deemed the virus and it spread a pandemic. Okay, so, but anybody who knows anything about the WHO, it's based, it's a United States-based organization. So the WHO has biased information. It has a very biased um, uh, way of dealing with these type of quote quote pandemics. In fact, it didn't become a pandemic until it infected Europe. Then it became a pandemic. And that happens, happens to be where the WHO is based. So um, what some of the social some of the impacts so far. Global markets have been destabilized, as I mentioned in the beginning, you know, over four trillion dollars has been lost with the days. And <clears throat> excuse me, I was interrupted there. Um, but the, the the subject is the impact so far. What what? How has the uh, this coronavirus impacted our world so far, our society so far? Um, it has created a general panic throughout most, you know, connected. Uh, populations throughout most population centers they're in a panic 
So the way that information has been disseminated to people is not healthy. And it isn't the fault of the internet. It, let me repeat that. It isn't the fault of the internet. The internet is, isn't on every major news every major news station. You know, people who are podcasters, they're not every, on every major, major news station, let alone there's very few podcasters, if any, that before two weeks ago knew anything about the coronavirus. If any. I'm sure there, you know, there's some smart podcast, scientific podcasters there that, that had some background. But for the average person, not, none of us knew anything about this short of two weeks ago. So if anything has gone viral, it's the panic over this issue. Food shortages. The reason we're having food shortages, and not just food shortages, but commodity shortages in general. The reason that some stores are being left naked with nothing in them is because people, after listening to the news and getting off work, are running to the store to try and fill their freezers at one time. You know, we, I once heard someone say, hey man, if, if, if we all flush our toilet at the same time, it'll flood, it'll flood the, the whole city. Okay, so we can't all flood, we can't all flush our toilet at the same time. Okay, likewise, if we all run to the store at the same time, you know, there's only like 60 loaves of bread on one shelf. So it's not for the whole population to run into the store at one time. There's only about one day's worth of food in the store in respect to the population. So... If everybody went to the stores and got all the food, it would only feed the population for one day. And that's why we have what's called a supply chain. So our supply chain has not been impacted. There is food. The supply chain is intact. Although other things may affect it soon. Okay, for example, shutting down borders, that will affect the supply chain. Shutting down airplanes, that will affect the supply chain. Uh, stopping boats and, and trains from, from following their normal course, and re restocking and refueling. Um, uh, that can affect the supply chain. So if those things are impacted, you will see shortages. And you will see, eventually, after the shortages, you're going to start seeing outages. So this is the beginning of a very... A horrible, horrific spiral into an abyss with no end in sight. So educate yourself. Knowledge is power. And in a situation where there's a lack of information, that knowledge is vital to surviving and overcoming and helping those around do the same. Entire industries are being shut down. And in addition to a national emergency being declared, um, the governments are now talking about bringing in the National Guard. You know, this sounds familiar. If you're black, you kind of know where this is going already. <laughs> you know, bringing in the National Guard, quote, quote, to help out. With, with possibility that the military, U.S. military, 
will be brought into the borders to and and that's actually against our laws it's against our laws to have the US military um, over uh, American people we have our own we have domestic um, domestic organizations that that we don't need the military to come in and set up tents and do all that that's what FEMA is for you know that's what the CDC is for you know, that's what Homeland Security is for. So, to bring in the military and to bring in the National Guard into the you know the fifty, the fifty states, is be it's not just an overkill, but it it has implications that go way beyond someone getting sick from a cold. The implications of that. And the consequences are something that I just don't want to deal with. And, um, and I'll continue to the next point. So you're seeing an economic slowdown, economic crash, and a possible economic breakdown. So far. That's just so far. So far. I'm not even talking about potentially what, what's going to happen. But so far, these are... Some of the, the the events that have taken place, it has an accumulative effect. But the worst, the worst effect that I think that has happened and that is happening is that people are being isolated in their homes. As individuals, they're being isolated uh, in groups and in communities, and this isolation is going to lead to a general breakdown within communities themselves if we do not find ways to overcome this state of fear and panic and treat it rationally and intelligently the way we have other epidemics. Therefore, I end with these words. The greatest threat to a person confronting these situations is ignorance. Therefore, educate yourself. Before you react, act by learning and understanding what's going on and what needs to be done. And if we want something to go viral, what we want to go viral are positive thinking. Is positive thinking, positive ideas, productive thinking. Whether we have to come together on the internet, whether we have to stand on top of our houses and wave flags or <laughs> send smoke signals. Survival is not a trier's game. It's a doer's. No one ever survived by trying.